Welcome to this episode of End of Life Conversations. I'm Reverend Joaquil David Matthews. And I'm the Reverend Mother Ana Luisa Mendariz. In this podcast, we share people's experiences with death and dying, grief and loss, and the end of life. Every episode, we are so honored and blessed to share stories with amazing, compassionate, and wise guests. So let's get started. Thank you all for being here with us today. We are so honored to welcome our guest, Margaret Johnson. Ana Luisa and Margaret had a wonderful conversation, but since there was no internet connection there, I was not able to join them. So I will be enjoying this with all of you as a listener. Today we are sitting with Miss Margaret Johnson. Miss Margaret is currently 101 years old. When's your birthday? October 15th. So she just turned 101. Margaret has lived a very rich and varied life. She has been a homemaker, a wife, and a mother to two children. She lived all over the country due to her husband's career as a geologist. She went back to school at the age of 52 and became a clinical social worker. By the time she moved to Denver, she was slowly led into a deeper and richer spiritual life. She then trained as a spiritual director and has spent the last 25 years in practice. Thank you so much, Miss Margaret. So tell me how death impacts the story of your life. Well, I have to say, first of all, the word death uh, doesn't have a lot of meaning. It, the ending of the physical life means a transition to me. I am anticipating the death of this body, but I believe my life was here before I was born and will continue. So other than making arrangements which are necessary for cremation and all that kind of thing, it, it, I just am ready for whatever comes next. So it's, it doesn't impact. It just, you just live each day knowing that one day the form will be gone, but the light won't be. Here, here. You sound like an explorer, <laughs> right? Like it's always a new, a new day to explore and yeah. transitions happen, transitions come and go. Rather than explore, it's learning to be instead of do. Mm -hmm. Learning to be what I was originally. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, this earth taught us to be overstimulated nervous system, and we lost, most of us, the sense of light that we are. And it's coming back into that light to me. Mm -hmm. That's what death of the body means, more and more of being the light mm -hmm. that I know I am, even though I, I know it, I don't always feel it. Yeah. I'm so excited by this. So right now, what is your current role or work that you do? Um, my primarily sp spiritual direction because of the challenges of my vision. I'm not able, and I used to lead retreats and, and uh, do classes. And uh, now it's, it's primarily 
uh, spiritual direction that people. But I'm aware when I'm out and about uh, that I can either radiate the light that I am or I can go around being critical and judgmental. And I choose the first. Mm-hmm. Being the light. That's good. Oh, I wish more people would remem- remember that they are the light. It's only taken me 100 years. <laughs> it's only taken her 100 years to remember. Um, what are the biggest challenges that you encounter? Of the, the loss of of eyesight through mm-hmm. it, my eyesight is dim from macular degeneration. So I can't drive and I can't read, but I do use audible books all the time. But also whenever I feel frustrated, I, there's a hymn, it's called Be There My Vision. But the last two lines is, Waking or sleeping, thy presence is my light. I remind myself over and over with those lines, thy presence, because I can feel the presence. Mm-hmm. It's, it's energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the challenge of, uh, the, you know, the physical body. I, I can do yoga still, but I know that falling is greatest challenge so mm-hmm. I hang on to the walls and I'm careful mm-hmm. and I never go alone out like to the mall without a walker mm-hmm. but that's all because I sleep like a baby and I sleep at least 12 to 14 hours a day do you really yeah yeah I slept 11 hours last night and I will take a two-hour nap I just go into the deepest sleep it feels Restorative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you look great, too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm happy I take my nap every day. I'm getting prepped for my you, centarian years as well. You take naps, too. I try to take a 20-minute power nap every day. Oh, yeah. And I, I can literally, like, lie down, and I do this, like, I put my hands on my, my heart, yeah. and I close my eyes, and I will just, like, I feel as though I'm falling into sleep. But then in 20 minutes, I, I like, I wake up like fully restored. It's like mm-hmm. my, my mm-hmm. battery pack is completely up. So, Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. So I'm a nap taker. That's yeah. great. <laughs> okay. Well, um, let's see what the next question is. Um, what do you need to feel supported? Well, I have one child, age 68 who lives here. She's single. Um, but she lives in Holland's Ranch, so takes, you know, my son is in Can- and family are in Kansas City. So I told her that I know that getting together is not easy, mm-hmm. but if we could talk each night for just checking around 9 o'clock, just so she's mm-hmm. okay and I'm okay. So that's what we do every mm-hmm. night. Sometimes we talk two minutes. Sometimes we talk a half hour, but that's just really that's supportive. Very. Yep. And do you still go to church? Are you every still going, Sunday? You still at St. John's? Someone takes me. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And what else do you do to get out and about? Like, I I I just want to point out that I am at uh, Margaret's amazingly beautiful home. She has an eastern. Um, 
window so we can see the sunrise and a western, southwest, right? Southwest. Southwest view of the mountains, of the Rocky Mountains. And I don't know that I'd want to leave much if I lived here. I don't. <laughs> I don't leave much. Yeah. A couple of times a week. I don't just go out. Yeah. If there's a party uh, or a gathering of some kind. Mm-hmm. On my 100th birthday, the cathedral, the dean called me up and told the congregation and all the retired clergy and clergy that had been there before what came and the choir sang happy birthday i love that yeah now that kept me going yeah i i don't need to go out mm-hmm. i have there are people in the building but but i'm not a visitor mm-hmm. you know with that much sleeping and meditating every day. Yeah, and I, f- I found out that Margaret meditates twice a day, right? Mm-hmm. Twice a day. For 50 years. For 50 years, she has meditated twice a day. Yeah. 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 My lifeline. Mm-hmm. I keep growing in that. I keep, I keep letting go into that. That's what I said. Let, meditation teaches you to let go and be. Just be. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just love that. Mm. And what frightens you about the end of this life? Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. I look forward to it. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nothing. Mm-hmm. That's one of one of the. Um, the the book the prophet Khalil Gibran, which I have a copy here because I wanted to speak. He says, "What is death but to stand naked in the wind, or melt into the sun? And when the earth has claimed your limbs, you will surely dance. And when you have tapped into the silent ocean." then you will surely sing. Mm. To me, it's in uncovering life as it really is, mm-hmm. rather than the challenges that we face here because of the density of the planet. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's nothing. Living is more scary to me. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Keep me, you know. Oh, yeah. I love this. I feel like you've articulated how I've been feeling for maybe... 10 years like I keep telling people I'm so excited to go to the other side like I want to just mm-hmm. be released and go back to exactly. the creator be released I like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I also understand that living as a human allows me to understand more of the love of God Absolutely. and that's okay like Absolutely. you know the different levels of love and and the different levels of hell <laughs> And the levels of hell. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, they're all combined. How do your kids feel about you and the end of life? I'm not sure they're sure it's going to happen. <laughs> we, we just, they just think it's neat that I'm as healthy as I am and I'm not dependent. Yeah. You know, I, I handle my own affairs and I take care of, I, I really, you know. You just, we don't talk about it. Really. Yeah. They yeah. just say the last time my son came, he said, well, you don't look any different. <laughs> He's a doctor in Kansas City, and he 
he said he has a couple of clients, his older or patients, and he said and they always they were dead. Mm-hmm. And though after my husband died two and a half years ago, I were I certainly would have preferred to have joined him. Mm-hmm. I realized that I had I had work. Mm-hmm. That that was the reason I was here. Mm-hmm. And so, get on with it. Get on with it. Let's do it. Um, so. The next question is, how do you resource yourself? And I have heard that you do uh, meditation twice a day. What else do you do? Whenever something's not working, I find out what will I need to to make it work. Like, I can't drive. Mm -hmm. And then right away I was led to this wonderful woman who charges. She's a driver. Mm I've, okay, instead of sitting and complaining, I, it's okay to feel. I can feel. I, if I feel distressed, I can feel. But, okay, what's the answer? Mm-hmm. I, and that can be frustrating, especially with technology. Yes. Oh, my gosh. But find the answer mm-hmm. or find out who can help you. Mm-hmm. Like this morning, I asked you to hang a picture. Yeah, I know. I came in and I helped Margaret today hang a beautiful print, actually a painting. I guess that's a really beautiful thing that, um, as a culture, we don't we don't like to we like to be independent. We don't want to ask for help, or we don't want to let others know where we need support in. So it's beautiful that you. Part of what gives you strength is asking for the help that you need. It, it is. You know, but I love to fix my own meals. And, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm very healthy, really. Mm-hmm. I don't take any oral medication, no blood pressure, no, mm-hmm. none of that. And, you know, other than, and I wear hearing aids, and they're wonderful. Um, so I just feel I'm blessed, and I'm given strength for something, mm-hmm. and I need to manifest whatever that is. Yeah, that's beautiful. All right, what do you wish I had asked you? Well, you almost did ask it. What are the blessings of aging? Hmm. Okay. So, Miss Margaret, what are the blessings of aging? Memories. Memories. And not just, oh, I remember when. Going back into a memory and reliving it at the feeling level. Mm-hmm. And uh, my memory, I'm so, my brain is so clear. And I'm so lucky I can remember. You know, right now I suddenly just thought of a little junior college where I went when I was 17 in the mountains. And all of a sudden I was just there. Mm-hmm. And uh, remembering people. And uh, also getting to know, this is the biggest, if you want to, getting to know yourself and seeing, appreciating things that you've done, wishing there were some things you hadn't, learning to truly forgive yourself for the Mm -hmm. mistakes. I mean, at the deep heart level. Mm -hmm. You sure did mess that one up, and I forgive you. Mm -hmm. And and I look in the mirror at, at night when I'm, uh, I have a little melanoma I'm treating with some, they're, they're treating with some uh, oral stuff rather than cutting it out. 
So when I'm putting it on in the mirror at night, um, I look and I say, hello, honey, bless your <laughs> heart. You're doing good, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Really learning to love this woman that I never, I didn't mm-hmm. particularly care for. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing. Oh, having the time, if you will take the time. Now, I see people, I don't know anybody my age, but I have some friends in their 90s, and there's a lot of complaining and talk about poor health, which can occupy you. Mm-hmm. Or you can look for, and it's not Pollyanna, it's deep. You know, what do I, like an Uber driver, and we talk about, you know, he's from Ethiopia, and that night I think about him and name him. Mm-hmm. May he be blessed. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like this idea of you having a very deep relationship with your corporal self, like in forgiving the mistakes and rejoicing in the memories. And it's something that I've been working on for myself this last couple of years and you know there's always this like I wish I had like yeah. around parenting or around my marriage and and yet truly at the end of the day as children of light mm-hmm. and that we're light and that we like are bouncing around doing things and they seem as mistakes but they're learning right and why are we so hard on ourselves yeah so it's a really clear message that you're offering specifically me that we can be sweet on ourselves a little bit more moving from the image of god as a being uh which has happened in the last 25 was the biggest challenge for me of all and letting go of that because it felt scary not to have a being and then to accept that the energy is everywhere and to trust that, that's been the biggest joy. Mm-hmm. Because the energy is only loving. There's no criticism, mm-hmm. no judgment, no help. So it's either get on board or not. <laughs> you get to choose. Yeah, you do get to choose. We forget we get a choice. Don't we? And then we like take a choice that's really harmful. Sabotage. Yeah. So it's it's like I'm I'm not people say, Are you ready for Christmas? It's almost uh, something that everybody says and I'm not ready for anything. I'm not getting ready for anything. I You're just being. I am being today. Oh yeah. What what do I do today? Yes. yes. And learning to let go of the, of the anxiety mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, of, of this, this is so much. That's all learned behavior. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Oh, I'm so grateful for this conversation. I'm grateful, too, and I loved going over the questions before. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah, listening. Like, like, I, I, I just... Death is like the the death of this body. It's just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, 
there is a, an, um, just like when I walked in and I told you that in the Mayan cosmology, the number 13 is really like, it's like you've arrived. It's mm -hmm. like heaven. And Margaret lives on the 13th floor. And there's an idea that thir the number 13 is unsavory. It's un unlucky. And the same thing with the word death. The word death is just an ending. And it's, we have many deaths every day. And, you know, we, this breath is now dying. Like, it just died. And I have a new breath. I'm reborn again. There's a death of this tree or, and it's okay. It just means it's changing into something else. And so we attribute the word death as such a hard and cold and negative um, meaning when in fact it's just part of the cycle. It's just part of creating again and again and again and again, right? And so... Well, as Khalil Gibran says, uh, life and death are one. They're not the same, but they're one. Mm -hmm. They're one. I read. I love to read his words. So they're just so rich. In fact, one day when I first read about what is death but to stand naked in the wind, mm -hmm. uh, I was in my nightgown and I went to my window where I can see the mountains, and I felt a breeze blow across me. So I stripped off my nightgown and stood there. Yeah naked and felt a breeze across me and I felt so free. Mm -hmm. It was like or melt into the sun and I thought melting in the sun is a little warmer. <laughs> it's a little harder to, to stomach that one. But in the morning sunshine that you have here, like yeah. that's the Pink loving color. Yeah. Yeah, just beautiful. Yeah, that that that's a big help mm -hmm. when you're when you're more in more. Yeah, I have the sun. I'm so addicted to sun. Are you? I am too. I, I have a, a very big addiction to sunshine. Yeah. Um, and I don't wear sunscreen. Mm. And I think we need our vitamin D. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I like to follow the cats around the house when they find the streams of sunlight. And sometimes I just kind of nestle in next to them on the floor, like, I want some sunshine too. Oh, I think wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I'm a cat lover, too. I'm an all lover. Yeah, well, I don't want to have to take dogs out. I love them. But it's, I'm just lazy. Yeah, no, you're not lazy. It's a thing. It's it's a lot of work. I take my dog out two or three times a day. Oh, you a have a dog. I do. And I do. two cats. And two cats. They like each other? They all get along. And I have two guinea pigs, too, because my kids wanted guinea pigs during the pandemic. And so, yes, there's a passel of many children in my house. And they all get along. The guinea pigs have worked out? Yeah. You know what's really funny? Um, I, I, I found a guinea pig at the, at the shelter. And he came home, and my daughter wanted to name him Panchito, which is one of the Donald Duck characters. But we named him Panchito with an X. So it's Pan and then this Mexican or Nahuatl X sound, so Chito. And Panchito, I've started calling him Pancho Villa because he actually has learned to escape from his pen and he wanders around the house. And he's also like not potty trained, but potty trained, he doesn't go everywhere. It's really bizarre, but I have two cats and he's always trying to like interact with the cats. 
and he walks along the dog and he comes and meets me at the fridge. So we have a very Dr. Doolittle household. I like that. <laughs> it sounds so alive. It is. We have uh, all beans are welcome and listened to. I had uh, a friend come over years and years ago when my son had a, a bearded dragon. Her name was Khaleesi, and she used to live in the living room. And my friend came over one day to ask me for help planning her grandmother's funeral. And so we were sitting in the living room and talking, and all of a sudden she, she leans over and she says, I really feel like that bearded dragon is listening to this conversation and is like wanting to know things. And I said, yes, because in this household, everybody has, you know, we, we exchange information and they speak into my life as well. So there's a very good chance that you might have a little word from her. <laughs> yes. Lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. But Miss Margaret, thank you so very much for oh. holding space with me today. This moment, being 101 re revolutions around the sun and being with me yeah. and sharing your wisdom and speaking into my life. It's a blessing. Yes, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. And I hope it's a blessing to anyone who sits and listens to our conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So until next time, I'm yes. going to turn this off. Namaste. Namaste. That was beautiful. Thank you, Annalisa and Margaret. Friends, we have some wonderful guests lined up. In our next episode, we'll be hearing from Yana Hansen, a death doula and a volunteer with End of Life Washington, helping terminal patients navigate the medical aid in dying process. See you next time. Thanks so much for joining us on the End of Life Conversations. We appreciate you and look forward to sharing our stories. Thanks to my daughter, Lucero, and Nico Rush, who have cheerfully assisted us as our editors and tech support. Additional resources, transcript of this episode, and links to our social media will be in the podcast notes. Yeah, thank you so much. And please subscribe, tell your friends, follow us on social media, and consider supporting us through Patreon. We want to acknowledge that the music we are using was composed and produced by Charles Heastand. 